news, stories that impact your lives, culture, and the music you love with a little Motor City flavor on 1019 WDET. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET with Stephen Henderson, and thanks for being here. Uh, Republicans who want to end straight ticket voting in Michigan are running out of legal options. State Attorney General Bill Schuette will have to decide soon whether to seek an appeal at the U.S. Supreme Court. That's after two lower courts struck down the ban. Most recently, the full Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld a ruling that said ending straight ticket voting would disproportionately burden minority voters in large urban areas. That is a violation of the U.S. Constitution. Joining me now to talk about straight ticket voting and where we are is Rick Pluta, Michigan Public Radio Network State Capitol Bureau Chief. Rick, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Yes. Uh, so uh, we were all waiting for this ruling. I mean, I, I can remember yeah. even... And we weren't sure we were going to get it. The, right. The, the court, um, yeah. You know, time is tight here for rule setting for the, the November election, and, and the court seemed like it was not moving uh, particularly expeditiously on it. Then we did get the ruling, and it... Uh, it, uh, it it leaves us in in some limbo still, but it's almost. I mean, we're almost to the point it's, where it's final, right? It's 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 becoming in, increasingly likely that uh, straight ticket voting will continue to be an option on the November ballot, as it has been since 1891. Yeah. A, a, a friend of mine observed about this that. You know, if if a meteor should strike Michigan, uh, wiping out uh, many life forms here, it seems <laughs> like straight ticket voting would still be standing. <laughs> it's the one thing that would survive. Well, uh, I mean, Republicans <laughs> have kept trying to to kill this time and time again, and there have been two referendums on this, and they thought that they inoculated it from that by making this an appropriations bill, which means under the state constitution that you can't send it to voters for uh, for a referendum challenge. And so now the courts have gotten involved and said for at least one more election, it looks like we're going to have a straight ticket voting. Yeah. Uh, talk about the the politics here, the push and pull of why straight ticket voting matters to either party. I mean, there, there, there are some really interesting wrinkles here. Well, sure. What Judge Drain said at the um, federal district court level was that, and we should say that, that, that this is kind of the process part of it, and it's important for understanding what the appeals court did. But what the judge said was, even though we're in the preliminary stages of this case, I'm going to put the law on hold because it appears that it unduly burdens voters, especially minority voters in large cities where they could suffer from long lines on Election Day. And because of that, I think you're likely to lose on this. And and, and so I'm just putting the whole thing on hold and maintaining the status quo. So um, Democrats do not exclusively um, use straight ticket voting. As a matter of fact, um, it's pretty popular over on the west side of the state in Ottawa County, which is a very Republican area where people tend not to vote for, um, where, where voters tend not to support Democrats. But more often, it's used by Democrats. And as evidence of that, um, I would remind you of the last election, which was largely a Republican wave. Um, um, Senator Gary Peters, you know, 
know, one for the Democrats. But 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 other than that, it was largely a Republican wave until you got to those races at the very bottom of the ballot. And so we're talking about the university boards, the state board of education. And that was a near Democratic sweep. Right. And a lot of people believe that it's basically because of that straight ticket voting that otherwise maybe a lot of voters would just abandon the ballot before they get down that far to those um, those those races that people pay less attention to. Yeah. Well, and the flip side of that, of course, is the the, the, the weight at uh, at big precincts in, in cities like Detroit. If you didn't have straight ticket voting. Uh, it would take people mm-hmm. a lot longer to get through the ballot, uh, and you sort of uh, bump up against this idea of disenfranchisement. And, and we saw that, right? And and we saw that vigorously argued in um, opinions that both concurred with the decision not to revisit the, the 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 question, and the dissent that said no, we shouldn't. And where the the the, the judges, and it was largely a Republican Democratic divide, came down on this was one group of judges saying, you know what, we've still got a lot to argue about on this. As this case works its way through the courts, what we're going to do works its way through the system. We're going to preserve the status quo as it has been for 125 years. And then another group of judges in the minority saying, no, because what you're doing is actually meddling in how Michigan handles its elections. And they argued this point about the lines with um, the judge who uh, wrote the dissent. His name is Danny Bob. Uh saying, well, we don't know if the long lines are because people are taking this long filling out the ballot, or is it at the front end? Is it how long it takes to check them in and actually get them to where they're voting? And so that's one of the points that they're they're going to uh, argue out. And he actually wrote an addendum opinion, which is a little weird legally, but what it is is it's kind of a gift-wrapped opinion ready for the Supreme Court to adopt should it decide to take this case. Yeah. Uh, and the likelihood of the Supreme Court taking this case, of course, is low because the likelihood of the Supreme Court taking any case, in fact, is quite low, less than 1% of all filings at the court uh, get. Right. Get, and, get and, and not just that, not just that, that, that these are still arguments about procedure. We're not to what's called the merits portion of it yet. Right. That, 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 you know, the judges, you know, touch on the merits of the case and, 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 you know, why they, they make the rulings that they do in these preliminary matters, but it hasn't been fully argued out. And the Supreme Court typically doesn't want a case before then. Yeah. Um, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Rick Pluta, Michigan Public Radio Network State Capitol Bureau Chief. We're talking about straight ticket voting, the controversy over it in the courts now, uh, whether Republicans in this state can eliminate straight ticket voting uh, without violating the rights of uh, of uh, minority voters in places like Detroit. If you have thoughts about what the court did yesterday about this whole idea of straight ticket voting, do you like it? Do you use it? Do you, is it a way for you to get quickly through uh, the balloting process uh, every November? Or do you think it's a, a sort of scourge on the electoral process, allowing people to cast votes for offices and candidates that they haven't really researched or understood. 313-577-1019 is the number to join the conversation. That's 313-577-1019. Tim in Farmington Hills, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for taking my call. You know, this this conversation, this topic, 
as soon as I start to hear it, smoke starts coming out of my ears. <laughs> and I don't understand what it is about certain parties, and I'm not a Democrat, I'm not a Republican, I'm, I'm other, and I don't understand why, and it seems across the nation, not just in Michigan, but in Michigan, Michigan's a good example, because we, this has been on the ballot before, I understand, mm-hmm. and we said no uh, Twice to before. Mm-hmm. And it's just like the emergency manager law when, when our governor, I always call him Poison Rick, but I, it's unfair. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and when our governor passed, passed the emergency manager law and we put it on the ballot and we voted no. And then he went back to the legislature and he forced it through where we can't vote on it. I do not understand when these people are going to realize that they are in the minority and they need to listen to the people. Yeah, uh, Tim, mm-hmm. uh, thanks very much for, for that call. I think a lot of people feel mm-hmm. that way and are sort of curious about why the GOP majority in Lansing is so so stuck on the idea of taking something away from people that they have decided that they want for themselves. And as you point out, it's uh, not just uh, something that happens in this case. Uh, thanks very much for the call. It's Let's go to probably. Yeah, go ahead. Go uh, ahead it's, it's probably worth pointing out that, that, yes, this is popular with Michigan voters. About um, half the voters, uh, we think, in Michigan use the straight ticket option, mm-hmm. you know, being able to use just one mark to vote for an entire political uh, a political party's entire slate of candidates. But, um, stri- you know, 40 states don't allow it. Don't allow and it, yeah. um, it was uh, and that was sort of a movement that was started at the turn of the last century as a progressive reform yes. that uh, it was supposed to um, chip away at the um, authority of party machines and require people to look at each race, each candidate uh, individually. And, and and that's you know part of the rationale behind um, eliminating straight ticket voting. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Dan in Northville. Welcome to Detroit today, Dan. Oh, hello, gentlemen. Hey. My, my question Hi. is, um, everything is with um, you, Mr. Hendershot, is always racism, uh, disenfranchising minority voters. I don't understand your piece in the Detroit Free Press about ID. It's a very simple thing. Everybody has to have it. Why is it always black people that can't have these very simple things and that are any standard that we measure dysfunction at? It isn't racism. It's dysfunction. I don't understand it. So, Dan. I'm a ticket voter. Yeah, so, Dan, great. Ticket, why can't we just all turn it away and yeah. be educated on the things and vote for the people we need? So, Dan, so great, great question. Great question. Uh, I get it a lot. <laughs> um, uh, in, in terms of voter ID, I think I explained in the column that I wrote that you're referencing uh, why the move toward voter ID. It's not that voter ID itself is bigoted. It's the way that the, it has been pursued that's bigoted. And it's not, that's not, those aren't my words, Dan. Uh, those are the words of the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, in Virginia that reviewed the North Carolina voter ID law. And what they found was that the legislators there, the GOP legislators there, went and did research before they wrote the law to see which provisions. Uh, would would disenfranchise minorities more than other people. And then they wrote the law to adopt those provisions and not others. So uh, I, I guess, you know, there's, there, there isn't, there isn't uh, any ambiguity about what they did there. No one is arguing that they did 
anything different. And what I pointed out in that column was that 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 harkens back to the Jim Crow era when things like literacy tests and uh, the poll taxes were uh, enacted because they were they knew that they would disenfranchise minority voters. Uh, so it, it's not that it's not that I see race everywhere. It's that race uh, pops its head up in a lot of places in this society, and I don't have a problem calling that out um, uh, here. In in terms of um, in terms of uh, straight ticket voting, uh, what Judge Drain, who's a federal district court judge here in Detroit, what he said uh, about. Uh, straight ticket voting was that it because of the when you look at who uses it and what effect it has, uh, this would disproportionately affect minorities if you if you got rid of it because they live in areas where uh, there are more voters who go uh, to each precinct. The precincts are a little bigger in places like Detroit than they are in some some other fo- in some other places and. Uh, the ballots often are are longer. If you think about this fall here uh, in Detroit, for instance, we're going to have a, a school dis- a school board ballot that is nonpartisan, so that wouldn't be part of straight ticket voting. But we'll have fifty eight, uh, I think, uh, candidates on that to sort through. So uh, I appreciate your sentiment, Dan, but but uh, it's not me. Uh, just sort of looking for race. It is the, the the fact that race is part of what goes on, the dynamics that go on in America in terms of politics and power. Uh, and it's sort of my job to call that out. So uh, again, I appreciate the call though. And I, I, I love that you are listening. Uh, let's go to uh, Patrick in Royal Oak. Welcome to Detroit today. Hi guys. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Uh-huh. Um, so I kind of come down on both sides of the issue. I, I really despise it when, you know, generally the Republicans act cynically and, and do these things that kind of go against the will of the people, as your past callers pointed out. But at the same time, I think the even bigger issue is the fact that the duopoly, the two parties having so much power, really keeps quality individuals from rising up and making the change we need. So I don't like the fact that people can come in and just vote straight for a party <laughs> without having to take the time to learn about individuals and actually make an informed decision. Sure. It's just my team and your team, and that just adds more strength to the two parties, and it keeps us more trapped in this, and it prevents us from finding the solutions that's really going to make society better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick, thanks very much uh, for your call. Rick Pluta, before I let you go, uh, uh, chances that uh, General Schuette uh, appeals this to the Supreme Court. I mean, he he's a he's a very uh, willful guy. Uh, he he, mm-hmm. he believes in pursuing things pretty much uh, to the end. Uh, but here it does. And the not, Republican, uh, you know, and the yeah, Republican but, leadership badly wants this. Yes, they do. So uh, and that, know, so that should that. tell you I, something, right? I mean, uh, again, why is it that they that they want this so badly? I mean, there is there is a partisan advantage that they sense. Uh, in in the way that this plays out. Um, oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there 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 are philosophical arguments for and and against this, but uh, I think it's pretty plain that uh, if they didn't uh, see a lot at stake, they wouldn't be pursuing it uh, yeah. this uh, this vigorously at this late in the game. Yeah. All right, Rick Pluta, Capitol Bureau Chief for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Thanks as always for being here on Detroit today. It's always a pleasure, Stephen. Yep. All right, up next, we're going to talk about Labor Day. We'll talk about the history of the labor movement here in Detroit and where it all stands. Stay with us on Detroit Today.